Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the bet on head to bet online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Ray Podcast. Before we're going to break, we discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, going to talk about the Niners Week 11 game against the Buccaneers from a betting perspective, but. Before we continue that, I do want to recap what happened in Week 10, both for the Niners and for our picks. Starting off with our picks, very good. No complaints there. Ended up sweeping as we had the Niners to cover the spread, and we had the under in that game against Jacksonville, and the Niners dominated as they won the game 34-3. to Definitely the right time for a bye week for the Niners. They were reeling, and we thought they would bounce back, getting some guys healthy again after the bye, and we thought the Jaguars had the bye at the worst possible time because they were on a winning streak and all momentum was completely destroyed during that week off, and the Jaguars basically no-showed the game as the Niners won 34-3. to So to go through the actual stat lines for everybody involved, tough to find anybody that was particularly bad for the Niners because once again, they won the game 34-3. to So Purdy was very solid. He had 296 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, QBR of 87.8. For the ground game, McCaffrey had 95 yards. Debo had 29 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, though, McCaffrey's touchdown streak did officially end. So either way, McCaffrey gave it a good run. He was really just an automatic touchdown for a while. They tried to get in the touchdown at the end, but unfortunately, the Jaguars had a goal line stand there, and McCaffrey finished with no touchdowns, but still had roughly 100 and. 50, 140 all-purpose yards, including the receiving. So he still had a great game in general. Kittle was solid. He had 116 yards and a touchdown, courtesy of one 66-yard bomb for a touchdown. Ayuk had a touchdown, 55 yards and uh, three catches. So he was pretty solid as well. McCaffrey, six catches, 47 yards. And you also had Juice Check, who had a touchdown and 26 receiving yards. So overall, the Niners were... Completely just dominant. No way around it. They were really solid. They had no turnovers. They really played almost a perfect game. And you could argue that Jacksonville was just a little bit flat. Or you could argue that Jacksonville's also extremely overrated. There are a couple ways to go about it. But the point is the Niners got the job done. To go through Jacksonville's numbers, Lawrence was atrocious. He had 185 yards, two interceptions, and no touchdowns. Sacked five times and had a QBR of 15.1. He was awful. No way around it. But then again, nobody could block anybody on this defensive front for the Niners. And as a result, Lawrence was running for his life the entire game. Had a couple of really bad interceptions, though. Uh, You had also a fumble recovery return for a touchdown, which was called back because of some players running on the field prematurely. So the score could have actually been even worse, and the defense could have had an even better showing in that game. 
But once again, Lawrence was not very good. The ground game didn't do anything either, as the Jaguars as a whole had 17 carries for 59 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. ETN did nothing, 9 carries for 35 yards. For the receiving core, nobody really did anything except for Christian Kirk. Kirk had 104 yards and 6 catches. Nobody else had more than 28 receiving yards. And I mentioned a second ago some of the fumbles. Uh, Kirk had the fumble that was returned for a touchdown, which did end up getting called back. And Lawrence did have a fumble as well in the middle of that game. Uh, as for the sacks, uh, Aluokin had, had two sacks for Jacksonville. That was it. As for the Niners, you saw Hargrave have a sack and a half. Bosa woke up. He had a sack and a half. Armstead had half a sack. Uh, Cleveland Farrell had a sack. And Chase Young ended up having half a sack. So the Chase Young acquisition is already paying dividends as the Niners' defensive front dominated the entirety of that game. And the Niners coasted to a much-needed win to get back on track as they are still currently in first place in the division. So we'll see how that's going to go. Seattle did win two, unfortunately, as they ended up beating the Commanders on that last-second field goal. So they are still tied technically for first place, but the Niners have the tiebreaker. So hopefully they'll be able to create some extra separation over the next couple of weeks in route to what could be another division title. But anyway, moving into the opponents for the matchup in Week 11, you have the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers also had a nice win, courtesy of a good defensive performance in Week 10, as they were able to beat up on the Titans. The Titans did announce that Levis was going to be the new starting quarterback moving forward, and they didn't score a touchdown. So not exactly a great, uh, I'd say, performance following the announcement that you're going to be starting with Tannehill being fully healthy to return. Levis has started a couple games, but Tannehill was healthy again. He got cleared, and they decided Tannehill should not be starting anyway. And now you have to wonder how much longer Levis will be the starter because the offense was a disaster. So starting off, the Titans ended up losing the game 20-6. to I said they had no touchdowns, and it was really ugly for most of the way through. Truth is, Levis' stats ended up with 199 in passing yards, no touchdowns, one pick, sacked four times, and had a QBR of 26.9. Truth is, he was 19 of 39, so he completed less than half his passes. Even the stats were inflated, because he had a couple of catches, or, or I should say deep plays to Kyle Phillips, uh, in garbage time. So he was actually in the 120s or 130s in passing yards. And then he ended up padding his numbers a bit in the final drive or two. But De Derrick Henry did nothing in that game. 11 carries, 24 yards. Personally killed my fantasy matchup. Uh, so my team is now in shambles, but that's a separate point. Uh, Henry did nothing, though. I can't say I'm totally shocked because Tampa is very good against the run. But Henry could not get going. And we saw that Tennessee, when they're only able to pass the ball, or they can't run the ball, I'll put it that way, the passing game struggles. And for the receiving core, Phillips did nothing for basically the entire game, and then Garbage Time, he had three catches for 61 yards, or I should say two catches for about 52 yards, give or take. Uh, but either way, Phillips had a pretty decent game. Uh, Spears had 42 yards out of the backfield. Hopkins did nothing. He had nine targets, three catches, 27 yards. Basically it, nobody did anything worth a damn for Tennessee's offense. As for the defense... They did get a couple of sacks, three sacks to be exact. Landry had a sack. You had Autry, who had a sack, and Tart had a sack. But as for Tampa, they dominated the entire game. Uh, they were up 17-3 to after three quarters, and at that point, it was all she wrote. The real story of the game was Tennessee not being able to stop Mike Evans, who was just phenomenal the entire way through. He was the reason why I lost my fantasy matchup. But anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield was pretty good. 278 in passing yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Three sacks, which is not ideal, but that's fine. QBR of 62.4. Now, Tennessee's also good against the run, so White didn't do much. 20 carries for 51 yards, but White did have 
47 yards and a receiving touchdown to kind of salvage his performance. Mike Evans, though, at six catches for 143 yards and one touchdown. Should have been two, but he dropped a wide open one earlier in the game. Uh, Godwin was fine, 54 yards, four catches. But once again, Mike Evans really stole the show as he was phenomenal. Uh, besides that, really not much more to add. For the sacks, Tampa did sack Levis four times. You saw Barrett get a sack, White got a sack, Vea got a sack, and Diaby got a sack. So Tampa had a good showing overall. They are four and five, currently half a game behind New Orleans, which tells you once again how bad the NFC South actually is. But Tampa's going to look for a win in this road game, which is going to be a bit of a problem because so far this season on the road, Tampa started off the year well, but the last uh, two road games did not exactly work out. They beat the Vikings in the first game, ended up beating the Saints in the second road game, fourth game of the season. Then they played Buffalo, lost that one by six. Should have lost by double digits. That was the Thursday night game where Evans caught a touchdown off of somebody's shoulder. They had a, I forgot what it was, like a 20-play drive for eight and a half minutes, and they converted a couple fourth downs to get a touchdown. So they should have lost the game by double digits. Then they lost that heartbreaker to the Texans where Stroud had that game-winning drive at the end. So... Uh, Tampa's lost the last two road games defensively they've been fine for the most part this season offensively they've had some issues but I do think the Niners once again going back home after playing in Jacksonville first home game off the bye it is a pretty good spot now the odds makers definitely agree that it is a good spot because the Niners are favored by a ton the Niners are currently minus 11 and a half and the current over under is set at 41 and a half now do I think the Niners should be favored by 11 and a half based on last week's performance? Yes. I think if the Niners look that good again, they'll beat Tampa by at least 14. The question is, do I think they'll be able to actually thread the needle here? Because the total's pretty low in general at 41 and a half. And they not only have to potentially win this game by margin, but they're basically forcing Tampa into nothing off into nothing offensively, which should result in another I don't want to say 34 to three game, but maybe a 24 10 type game. There's not many points to be had. So if Tampa does get to 17, then it's basically impossible for you to actually cover the uh, spread and the under in this game. I am going to lean to the under in this game. Simply put, I think Tampa's defense is fine. The passing defense has been an issue at times, but I do think overall the run defense is solid. And we know the Niners do want to run the ball more than anything else. So I do think this game, should be a bit of a slow burn. I think you're going to see a pretty physical game between these teams. I think the Niners are going to win. But the question is, do I think you'll be able to see both offenses or one of these offenses fully break it open? San Francisco, maybe, but I think I doubt a decent amount of wind in the forecast for this game. Roughly 14 mile per hour winds. Now, the weather itself should be okay at around 60 degrees, 63 degrees, and it should be pretty sunny, so there's not going to be any rain, but the wind is definitely worth talking about, so I'm not sure what the gusts are going to be, but that might impact some of the deep passing success for this matchup. I like the under in this game. As for the actual side, see, the thing is, do I think the Niners are going to go on the warpath and just start killing teams after the bye, or do I think that the Jaguars were just extremely flat, the Niners will win this game, but Tampa will hang around and lose by like 10? It's a pretty tricky call for me. I think for this one, I am going to go with the under. That's a given. The question is, how many points do I think Tampa's going to actually score? I think I'm going to go with the Niners in this one. I think that at home, this team is dominant. And with the exception of that last Bengals game, they have taken care of business at home pretty convincingly. 
You might remember the Cowboys game. In that night game, they won that one by 30-plus. Played the Giants one by 18. Played the Cardinals one by 19. I see a 14-point win for the Niners. I think I basically mentioned the score, either 14 or 17 points. Give me some type of either 27-13 final or 24-10 final. I see the Niners getting a pretty big lead early. They'll coast. Tampa's defense, though, is still pretty good in general, and I think you're going to see this game finish somewhere in that realm. Give me a mid-to-high 30s final score with the Niners winning by 14. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So once again, my picks for the show are going to be the Niners minus 11.5 and the under 41.5. We're back once again next week for the matchup against the Seahawks, which is going to be an important one, will be a night game. So stay tuned for that. In fact, I do believe it is a Thursday night game. So we're going to have to uh, potentially do the episode early next week, maybe Wednesday. So potentially look out for an earlier episode. But until then, find me on Twitter, Right Show Radio. And until next week, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.